Chapter Three of Grace Harlowe's First Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three, First Impressions. Overton, Overton was the call that echoed through the car. After handing down the hats of her friends, Grace reached to the rack above her head for her broad-brimmed Panama hat. Obeying a sudden kindly impulse, she carefully deposited J. Alfreda's hat in the sleeping girl's lap touched her on the shoulder and said wake up miss briggs we are nearing overton j alfreda sleepily opened her eyes at the gentle touch saying drowsily let me know when the train stops then closed her eyes again miriam shrugged her shoulders with a gesture that signified let her alone don't bother with her at that moment the train stopped with a jolt that caused the sleeper to awake in earnest she looked stupidly about yawned repeatedly then catching a glimpse of a number of girls on the station platform clad in white and light-coloured gowns she became galvanised into action and pinning on her hat began quickly to gather up her luggage good-bye she said indifferently i'll probably see you later then rapidly elbowing her way down the aisle she disappeared through the open door leaving the chums to make their way more slowly out of the car as they stepped from the car to the station platform grace caught sight of her at the far end of the station in conversation with a tall auburn-haired girl and a short dark one a moment later she saw the three walk off together j alfreda found friends quickly remarked anne who had also noticed the stout girl's warm reception by the two girls i wonder what we had better do first what is the name of the hotel where we are to stop the terrain replied miriam the newcomers looked eagerly about them at the groups of daintily gowned girls who were joyously greeting their friends as they stepped from the train. I had no idea there were so many Overton girls on the train, remarked Grace in surprise. The majority of them seemed to have friends here, too. I wonder which way we'd better go. By the nods and becks and wreathed smiles with which those girls over there are favouring us, I imagine that we have been discovered, announced Miriam rather sarcastically. Grace and Anne glanced quickly toward the girls indicated by Miriam a tall thin fair-haired girl with cold grey-blue eyes and a generally supercilious air occupied the centre of the group she was talking rapidly and her remarks were eliciting considerable laughter amused glances half friendly half critical were being levelled at the oakdale trio of chums grace flushed in half-angry embarrassment anne merely smiled to herself while miriam's most forbidding scowl wrinkled her smooth forehead i think we had better inquire the way to our hotel and leave here as soon as possible grace said slowly a sudden feeling of disappointment had suddenly taken possession of her she had always supposed that in every college new girls were met and welcomed by the upper classes of students yet now they had actually arrived no one had come forward to exchange even a friendly greeting with them well if this is an exhibition of the true college spirit deliver me from college grumbled miriam i must say miriam's denunciation against college was never finished for at that juncture a soft voice said welcome to overton turning simultaneously the three girls saw standing before them a young woman of medium height her hand was extended and she was smiling in a sweet friendly fashion that warmed the hearts of the disappointed freshmen she wore a tailored frock of white linen white buckskin walking shoes that revealed a glimpse of silken ankles and carried a white linen parasol that matched her gown she was bareheaded and in the late afternoon her wavy brown hair seemed touched with gold i am so glad to meet you exclaimed the pretty girl you are freshmen of course if you will tell me your names i'll introduce you to some of the girls then we will see about escorting you safely to the boarding place have you taken your examinations yet no replied miriam we have that ordeal before us her face relaxed under the friendly courtesy accorded to them by this attractive stranger 
She then introduced Grace and Anne. Their new acquaintance shook hands with the two girls, then said gaily, "'Now tell me your name.' Miriam complied with the request, then stated that through a friend of her mother's they had engaged a suite of rooms at the Terrain, an apartment hotel in Overton, until their fate should be decided. "'The Terrain is the nicest hotel in Overton,' stated Mabel. "'I am always in the seventh heaven of delight whenever I am fortunate enough to be invited to dine there.' "'Then come and dine with us tonight,' invited Miriam. Mabel Ash shook her head. "'It's very nice in you,' she said gravely, "'but not tonight. "'Really, I am awfully stupid. "'I haven't told you my name. "'It is Mabel Ash. "'I am a junior and pledged to pilot bewildered freshmen "'to havens of rest and safety.' "'Do you consider freshmen impossible creatures?' "'asked Anne Pearson, her eyes twinkling. "'The young woman laughed merrily. "'Oh, no,' she replied. "'You must remember that they are the raw material "'that makes good upper-classmen. "'It takes a whole year to mould them into shape, "'that is, some of them.' "'Now, come with me, and I'll see that you meet some of the upper-class girls.' As they were about to accompany their new acquaintance down the platform, a tall, fair-haired girl walked toward them, followed by others upon whom Miriam had commented. "'Wait a minute, Mabel,' she called. "'I've been trying to get hold of you all afternoon.' "'You're just in time, Beatrice,' returned Mabel Ash. "'I wish you to meet Miss Harlow, Miss Nesbitt, and Miss Pearson, all of Oakdale. Girls, this is Miss Alden, also of the junior class.' Beatrice Alden smiled condescendingly and shook hands in a somewhat bored fashion with the three girls. "'Pleased to meet you,' she drawled. "'Hope you'll be good little freshmen this year and make no trouble for your elders.' "'We shall try to mind our own affairs and trust to other people to do the same,' flashed Miriam, eyeing the girl steadily. Grace looked at her friend in surprise. What had caused Miriam to answer in such a fashion? There was an almost imperceptible lull in the conversation. Then Mabel Ash introduced the other girls.' "'Now we will see about your trunks, and then perhaps you would like to walk up to the college,' she said briskly. "'It isn't far from here. Some of the girls prefer to ride in the bus, but I always walk. I can show you some of the places of interest as we go.' "'Come over here, Mabel, dear,' commanded Beatrice Alden, who had moved a little to one side of the group. Mabel excused herself to her charges, and, looking a little annoyed, obeyed the summons. Beatrice talked rapidly for a moment in coaxing tones, but Mabel shook her head. Grace, who stood nearest to them, heard her say, "'I'd love to go, B, and it's awfully nice in you to think of me. I'll go tomorrow, but I can't leave these poor stranded freshmen to their own homesick thoughts today. You know just how we felt when we landed high and dry in this town without anyone to care whether we survived or perished.' "'If you won't go today, then don't trouble about it at all,' snapped Beatrice. "'I know plenty of girls who will only be too glad to accept my invitation, but I asked you first, and I think you ought to remember it.' "'You know I like you better than any other girl in college.' "'You know I appreciate your friendship, Bee,' returned Mabel. "'But truly I wish you cared more for other girls, too. "'There are plenty of girls here who need friends like you.' "'Yes, but I don't like them,' snapped Beatrice. "'I'm not going to make a martyr of myself to please anyone. "'My mother is very particular about my associates at Overton, "'and I don't intend to waste my time trying to make things pleasant "'for the stupid, uninteresting girls of this college. "'I did not come to Overton to take a course in doing settlement work.' "'I came here to have a good time and, incidentally, to study a little. "'Now, now, B, don't try to make me believe you haven't just as much college spirit as the rest of us,' "'admonished Mabel in a low tone. "'Don't be cross because I can't go today. "'Come with me instead and help look after these verdant freshmen. "'There was a positive army of them who got off the train.' "'Without replying, Beatrice turned and walked sulkily away toward the other end of the platform. "'Mabel looked after her with a half-frown. "'I am afraid we are causing you considerable inconvenience,' demurred Grace. "'Please do not deprive yourself of any pleasure on our account.' 
Nonsense, smiled Mabel. I am not depriving myself of any pleasure. Oh, there goes one of my best friends. Putting her hands up to her mouth, she called, Francis! A tall, slender girl with serious brown eyes and dark hair, who was leisurely crossing the station platform, stopped short, glanced in the direction of the sound, then espying Mabel hurried toward her. Good old Francis, beamed Mabel. You heard me calling and came on the run, didn't you? This is the noblest junior of them all, my dear freshman. Her name is Frances Veronica Martin. Doesn't that sound like the heroine's name in one of the six bestsellers? Mabel introduced the three girls in turn. Now let us be on our way, she commanded, looking up and down the station platform at the fast-dissolving groups of girls. I don't see any more stray lambs. I think the committee appointed to meet the freshmen has fulfilled its mission. And now for your hotel. It is past dinner time, and I know you are hungry and anxious to rest. Picking up Grace's bag, she led the way through the station, followed by Grace and Miriam. Anne walked behind them with Frances Malton. The little company set off down the main street of the college town at a swinging pace. It was a wide, beautiful street, shaded by tall maples. The houses that lined it were for the most part old-fashioned, and the wayfarers caught alluring glimpses of green lawns dotted with flower-beds as they walked along. "'It makes me think of High School Street in Oakdale,' Grace exclaimed. "'If I ever feel that I am going to be homesick, I'll just walk down this street and make believe that I am at home. That would be the surest cure for the blues if I get them.' Mabel Ashe, who was now walking between Grace and Miriam, looked at Grace rather speculatively. "'You won't get them,' she predicted. "'You'll have so many other things to think of, you won't think of yourself at all. "'Here we are at the college campus. Over there is Overton Hall.' The eyes of the newcomers were at once focused on the stately grey stone building that stood in the centre of a wide stretch of green campus, shaded by great trees. At various points of the campus were situated smaller buildings which Mabel Ashe pointed out as Science Hall, the gymnasium, laboratory, library and chapel. In Overton Hall, Mabel explained, were situated certain recitation rooms, the offices of the president, the dean and other officials of the college. Around the campus were the various houses in which the more fortunate of the hundreds of students lived. It was very desirable to secure a room in one of these houses, but somewhat expensive and not always easy to do. Rooms were sometimes spoken for a whole year in advance. "'Do you room on the campus?' asked Grace. "'Yes,' replied Mabel. "'I live at Holland House. "'I was fortunate enough to have a friend graduate from here and will me her room. "'I entered Overton the autumn following her graduation.' "'One of our Oakdale girls is a junior here,' remarked Grace. "'Her name is Constance Fuller. "'She graduated from high school when we were sophomores. "'We do not know her very well and had quite forgotten she was here.' This afternoon on the train, Anne, who never forgets either faces or names, suddenly announced the fact. I wonder if she has arrived yet. We came early, I believe, but that is because we are obliged to take the entrance examinations. Now I know why the name Oakdale seems so familiar, exclaimed Mabel Ashe. I have heard Constance mention it. She is one of my best friends. Does she know that you are to be here? No, replied Grace. We haven't seen her this summer. We were away from Oakdale. Grace did not wish to mention their trip to Europe fearing their companion might think her unduly anxious to boast. One of the things against which Julia Crosby, her old-time Oakdale friend, and a senior in Smith College, had cautioned her was boasting. Avoid all appearance of being your own press agent, Julia had humorously advised. If you don't, you'll be a marked girl for the whole four years of your college career. The meek and modest Violet is a glowing example for erring freshmen. I remember Julia, Grace had promised, and now she resolved that she would think twice before speaking once, whatever the occasion might be. Constance has not arrived yet, said Mabel. 
I heard her roommate say this morning that she expected her tomorrow. She rooms at Holland House, too. I shall tell her about you the moment I see her. This is the terrain, she announced, pausing before a handsome sandstone building and leading the way up the steps that led to the broad veranda, gay with porch boxes of flowers and shaded by awnings. Won't you come up to our rooms? asked Miriam. Not tonight, thank you, replied Mabel. Frances and I will be over bright and early tomorrow morning to pilot you to the college. Then you can find out about the examinations. Good night and pleasant dreams. Extending their hands in turn to the three girls and nodding a last smiling adieu, the two courteous juniors left them on the hotel veranda. I must admit that I have been agreeably disappointed, said Miriam Nesbitt as the three girls stood for a moment before entering the hotel to watch the retreating backs of their new acquaintances. I too, replied Grace. I can't begin to tell you how dejected I felt while we stood there on the station platform and no one came near us or appeared to be aware of our existence. It was enough to discourage the most optimistic freshman, averred Anne. I wonder who J. Alfreda Briggs's friends were, commented Miriam. She never said a word about knowing anyone at Overton. I imagine she is a thoroughly selfish girl, and the less I see of her in college, the better pleased I shall be. As their suite of rooms had been engaged in advance, it needed but a word to the clerk on Grace's part. Then each girl in turn registered, and they were conducted to their suite. This suite seems to be supplied with all the comforts of home, observed Miriam, looking about her with satisfaction. I am thankful to have reached a haven of rest where I can bathe my grimy face and hands. So am I, echoed Grace, setting down her suitcase and sinking into an easy chair with a tired sigh. I am starved, too. Let us lose no time in getting ready for dinner. After dinner we can rest. For the next half hour the travellers were busily engaged in removing the dust of their journey and attiring themselves in the dainty summer frocks which they had taken the thought to pack in their suitcases. I'm ready announced grace at last as she poked a rebellious lock of hair into place and viewed herself in the mirror so am i echoed anne and i from miriam why not walk downstairs we are on the second floor and i never ride in an elevator when i can avoid doing so the trio descended the stairs and made their way to the dining room where they were conducted to a table near an open window which looked out on a shady side porch so far i haven't been imbued with what one might call college atmosphere remarked miriam after the dinner had been ordered and the waiter had hurried off to attend to their wants. I felt a certain amount of enthusiasm while those upper-class girls were with us, but it has vanished, said Anne. I am just a professional staying at a hotel. I imagine we won't begin to regard ourselves as being a part of Overton College until after we have tried our examinations and found an abiding place in some one of the college houses. I hope we shall be able to get into a campus house. I have always understood that it is ever so much nicer to be on the campus. And if we hadn't waited until the last moment to decide what college we wished to go, we might be cosily settled now. Perhaps we are only fulfilling our destiny, smiled Miriam Nesbitt. Perhaps, agreed Grace in a doubtful tone. Once we are in our hall or boarding house, I dare say we will shake off this feeling of constraint and become genuine overtonites. Had we better study tonight, inquired Grace as they made their way from the hotel dining room. I think it would be a wise proceeding, agreed Miriam. I want to go over my French verbs. So do I, echoed Grace. Let's study until ten and then go straight to bed. Ten o'clock stretched well toward eleven before Grace put down her textbook with a tired little sigh and declared herself too sleepy for any further study. It had been arranged that Miriam should occupy the one room of the suite while Grace and Anne were to share the other, which had two beds. The long journey by rail had tired the travellers far more than they would admit. For a few moments after retiring, conversation flourished between the two rooms, then died away in indistinct murmurs, 
and the prospective Overton freshmen slept peacefully as though safe in their Oakdale homes. End of chapter 3